Greetings, listeners in the listener land of the world and galaxy in the Milky Way. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to what's going on regionally, nationally, and internationally. November 2nd will be the grand opening of a new 35,000-square-foot building which will triple the size of the current museum. The $25 million expansion will bring a world-class Holocaust museum to the region. It will have enhanced space for numerous interactive and experiential learning opportunities, digital and traditional media, multi-purpose space for films and workshops, community discussions, traveling exhibits, survivor galleries, preservation and display of rare and valuable artifacts. Another important aspect will be the learning center for school groups, all designed for a state-of-the-art 21st century experience. Helen Turner is our guest today. She is the Director of Education and Interpretation at the Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum here in St. Louis. She joined the museum in July of 2021, and for the previous nine years, she worked in numerous positions at the Holocaust Memorial and Tolerance Center of Nassau County in Glen Cove, New York. Helen, what will be new in the museum for people who have previously visited? I have personally visited the museum and was inquiring, what should I be looking for as I go in? Certainly, that's a fantastic question. We have completely reimagined our space. Previously, we were limited to really just a Holocaust exhibition. Now we've reimagined ourselves as an entirely new building to offer high-quality Holocaust education. So physically, we are completely different. I'm equipped with our own lobby, security, gift shop, you name it. We're also a separate building. I think what I would encourage visitors to think about is that the complete exhibition has been redone and brought up to date with the most current scholarship on the Holocaust really making sure that our exhibitions are dynamic and interesting and relevant. And then also we've got the Permanent Holocaust Exhibition along with the Impact Lab, which is a separate space where we bring the lessons of the Holocaust to today. And we discuss things like current hate crimes, other genocides, and really looking at how we take action in the world to prevent such atrocities, but also how we take action in our daily lives to really curb hate and bigotry and prejudice. You can also expect a stunning lobby, a beautiful special exhibition space where we'll have rotating exhibitions to bring in different topics, along with a research center and a state-of-the-art archive. So you're using the museum to not only teach about the Holocaust and the atrocities that happened, but you're also making people think about current-day kinds of hate that go on internationally in other countries because of different kinds of regimes. Is that part of the purpose behind that then? We simply are seeing a rise in anti-Semitism and extremism, not only in the United States, but around the world. And the time is now to make sure that we do not forget the lessons of the past. We understand the complexities and nuances of this history and how hate was able to thrive during the Holocaust. I truly believe that to learn about Holocaust education in a vacuum is a disservice. While there are many, many unique tenets of the Holocaust, We can see other genocides and how societies can collapse in many other regions of the world. And so it's so important to not compare the Holocaust, but of course to make connections between the Holocaust and other moments in both history and our present day. And what kind of scholarship has been recently completed as it relates to the Holocaust and Holocaust education? 
know, that, that's an excellent question. And truly, the scholarship is ever-evolving. For me, I would say the main shift is really, instead of being so camp-centric, giving that classic narrative of concentration camps and what were previously called death camps, we're now really moving to concentration camps, killing centers, and then killing sites. I'm really looking to expand the Holocaust to, really, to looking at how many people were killed in mass graves, usually within walking distance or driving distance from their homes. And this is called the Holocaust by Bullets. And it's really expanding our understanding of the Holocaust and how mass atrocity was committed. So that huge shift in our understanding of the Holocaust. Now, you have two degrees in history, a bachelor's degree from Binghamton University in New York and a master's degree with a focus in Holocaust and genocide studies from Stony Brook University in New York. What was the impetus behind your interest in Holocaust education and the Holocaust uh, history? Yeah, that's a great question. I have no personal connection to this history. I learned about the Holocaust at a very young age, and I was completely shocked at what had happened and so determined to help tell this story. I knew from a very young age exactly what I wanted to do, and I was very lucky to not only get two degrees in this work, but to also find work in this field, which is a very rare thing to be able to do, and I've been incredibly lucky in my career. That is very incredible to know what you want to do in an early age, and then be in positions like you've been, especially in the current one you've been in for almost like a year and a half, and then previously at the Holocaust Memorial and Tolerance Center in Nassau County in Glen Cove, New York. You are bringing a lot of experience from that particular center to the Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum. What do you feel are your strengths that you're bringing to the Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum? Yeah, as I said, I've been very lucky in my career, and I began at the Holocaust Memorial Intolerance Center as an intern. And I literally worked every job in education possible at that museum and went all the way from intern to director of education in about a 10-year span. But what that let me do was really have very intimate connections with seeing the students come in every day, seeing how teachers responded to different educational workshops, learning the lay of the land and how Holocaust education can be very impactful and developing my own philosophies on Holocaust education, such as that we are here to teach and not traumatize. And um, so I think from a pedagogical standpoint, it really informed how I approached the Holocaust through my, through my observations and my experience. Um, it also taught me a lot about how to approach schools and how to make them feel comfortable and excited and welcome when diving into Holocaust education. That's really what I hope to bring here to St. Louis, is that the museum should be a space where schools, teachers, students, Anyone in the community feels safe and welcome and knows that they can find themselves in this history. I think it's a very, very important history, and this is the evolution of museums. You're delving into many more different areas and really allowing people to do research and just giving them an inquisitive kind of taste of why they should develop more of an interest in this. Helen, the Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum is very very fortunate to have you based upon your experience and the direction you want to go with this. When you go into most museums, like the Art Museum in St. Louis, that's great. I'm looking at art or I'm looking at sculpture or I'm looking at pottery or things like that. When you're talking about something that happened in history, a museum has to take on a whole different kind of flavor. My baseline for museums like that is the Lincoln Museum in Springfield, Illinois. And there are people who work in museum design because you don't want to just go up to something read something move on it has to be interactive you have to have 21st century kinds of 
state-of-the-art things going on. And I know that's you guys are really going to be on the cutting edge of a museum experience. Oh, definitely. Number one, I, I would just put in there that I am the lucky one. I've joined an incredible team, and it's just been a beautiful journey. But number two, yeah, I completely agree with you. We've worked with Gallagher Designs and a lot of people on the cutting edge of museum design and technology and thought process. And the museum really will be absolutely state-of-the-art. St. Louis has always been a home to a large Jewish community and a Jewish community that is very in tune with their history. Mm-hmm. I wonder in this question, why St. Louis? Why not Kansas City? Why not mm-hmm. Chicago? Why not Dallas? Or why not Denver? Is it because of the concentration of individuals of the Jewish faith who are here or because they have a an intent desire to make sure that this doesn't get forgotten and it's taught? Yeah, I mean, I think it probably comes down to a couple of factors. I mean, some of the cities you listed, Chicago, Dallas, they have very large Holocaust museums. But I think when it comes to St. Louis and this relaunching and reimagining of the Holocaust Museum, it certainly comes down to the community. It is a very tight very engaged, very enthusiastic community that really wants to make sure this history is not forgotten. And I've never met such a dedicated community to making sure this happens. The fact that they were able to raise almost $25 million during a pandemic is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. What is the goal that you want someone who's going through the museum to embrace when they walk out the door? I think it's probably a few goals. My first would be that I I hope they learn the core tenets of this history. I hope they know that the Holocaust did not come out of nowhere, but was actually built on a foundation of hate and extremism and the collapse of governments. Um, And I hope that they really get a sense of that history and that also the Holocaust was not inevitable. There were so many moments for change and for different choices. And that would lead me to my final goal, which is that I hope that every visitor, young and old, no matter where they are from or how they see themselves in the world, but they understand that they have a power and a responsibility over their choices. The museum really focuses on the choices of human beings and how we need to be responsible for what we stand up and speak up for, and that we all have a role to play in the world of the craft. Helen, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Of course. Today. Of course. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.